Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Bella, and I'm a college freshman this year, but have decided to still kind of help out here in our student ministry program. And this morning, I will be focusing on the first part of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, if anyone would like to follow along. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I feel as if one of the most important and greatest reminders that can be taken away from these verses is just the power of we. And when I say we, I am not referring to the noise you make when you ride a roller coaster or swinging on a swing set with your best friend. When I say we, I am talking about us, you and I, and the person sitting next to you, and the person sitting across the room from you, and even the people sitting at home this morning watching online. All of us. How much fun would it be if you had to do everything by yourself? What if you could only rely on yourself? Not talk to anybody? Figure everything out on your own. That'd be pretty boring, wouldn't it? But not just boring. Imagine how difficult that would be. Trying to compete every day with everyone else around you. What a mess that would be. But thankfully, that's not how God intended life to be lived. Christ provides us with community because he knows that this life isn't meant to be lived by ourselves. We simply cannot make it through if we do not have fellow believers and other people in our life. And he provides and created this community of people because, again, we is so much more powerful than I. In the beginning of Ephesians 4, it tells us that we need to live a a life (laughs) worthy of the calling you have received. But how does that relate to being united for the body of Christ? It's no secret that God made each of us in a unique way, with different talents, passions, and characteristics. I'm sure none of you here are exactly like me. 5'11", female, big feet, um, obsessed with chicken tenders, and loves Jesus and working with children. I'm sure you and I may have some similar qualities, but we are not the same, or are we? I am tall, but you might be short. I love chicken tenders, but you might be vegan. I love working with children, but maybe you just can't stand them. (laughs) But that doesn't mean we're not the same, right? God said, God gave each of us our own gifts and talents, but yet the most important one we all share. And there's that word we again. I might be taller than you, but we were all made perfect by Christ himself. I might be called to work with children as a career, but we all have a calling that glorifies God. I might be standing up here talking to you this morning about Jesus, but we are all able to go out and talk about Jesus anytime we want to. Because God created us uniquely, but yet so perfectly. 
He made us different so we could have the power to work together as one. He gave us each a different calling because we need to be able to fill the world with his love and his presence. I shouldn't be living my life according to my own thoughts and opinions, but I should be living the life that Christ has called me to live. We should be living the life that Christ has called us to live. And these are lives that should be characterized by humility, gentleness, patience, and maintaining love through the bond of peace that we have through the Spirit. We have to beware of the temptations and the people who try to distract us from that. We have to be cautious of the people who are trying to divide us or categorize us into different groups. We have to beware of those who are eager to listen to others rather than the Holy Spirit. We have to beware of those who are more concerned about being, about breaking bonds rather than building them up for Christ. And we have to beware of those whispering against others and against God. Because we are called to work and walk as one. One who is eager to just live the Spirit's work in unity and in peace. And it's our job to guard that as we walk through life. And unity is such a powerful term. It is something that Jesus longs for us to have, and it is a commandment of God. It is so important for us to have as Christians. So what is unity? When we think of unity, many define the term as being a state of undivided or one. And when we look into Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, we can truly see how important this unity is to God. We as Christians share the same faith, hope, and reach out in one witness to all. God brings together people of different backgrounds and ethnicities into one family, the body, by faith. When I think of being united, one of the first things that always comes to my mind is a team, which then leads me to think of my former high school basketball team. And Our Lady Mustangs basketball team was nothing special, just your average group of teenage girls who like to play this game together. A game where you try to throw this ball through some circle net thingy that hangs 10 feet up in the air. A game where you sometimes took an elbow to the stomach or jammed your finger with an overthrown pass. A game that caused me to run more than I ever wanted to. And a contact game that sometimes resulted in feelings of anger or frustration. But it was a game that brought a group of girls together. And this game only worked when, and was enjoyable when we all worked together because when one of us struggled, we all struggled. And when one of us succeeded, we all succeeded. And one night I will never forget, and that truly proved to me that we were more than just a team. It was after one of our games and one of the girls on our team was having severe pain. Um, she didn't play in that game because she'd been sick previously that week, and it actually turned out to be more serious than we all originally thought. She was rushed to a hospital nearby, since it was an away game, and she was scheduled to have surgery the next morning to remove her appendix, because if they waited any longer, they were bound to burst. I remember when we got back to our school that night, we were still unsure of what was going on, but all of the girls and coaches, we all just gathered in the locker room. It was already a rough enough night because we had just lost the sectional game by one or two points, which meant our season was over. 
but we put all of that aside and we just prayed. We prayed for our fellow teammate because she was more than just a teammate. She was part of our family. And that's what happens when you grow to love and care for people so deeply. It's crazy to think that a sport like this can bring people so close together to form this little family. But it's just like how God calls us to be brothers and sisters in Christ and to work together for the greater good, to be united in his love and salvation. Unity and strength, or unity and strength. And when you incorporate teamwork and collaboration, great things can be achieved because we are a team and we are a family. And I'm gonna be honest for a moment. When I first started writing this out, I really struggled to find the words to say. I kept praying and praying that God would just fill me with what I needed to tell you all this morning. I had a good start, but it was missing something. And it wasn't until Wednesday night when I truly felt like God was telling me what I needed to write. It was Wednesday night and I was sitting in a chair at the funeral home right down the street. We were celeb many of you were there also. We were celebrating the life of our dear friend Janice. A woman who was always so full of life and so passionate about Jesus. She was a walking image of God's love and faithfulness. And in the moment, I just felt like she was such a good example for us all when we talk about living the life that God has called us to live and living in the unity that he desires for us to have. If you didn't know her, I really wish you would have because she was family to all of us here at Clear Creek. And as David said on Wednesday, she found family wherever she went. She would make everyone feel loved, valued, and seen, all because she was filled with faithfulness in the Holy Spirit. She would never fail to stop what she was doing to pray with somebody who needed it. And she would go out of her way to make sure to remind everyone how much they were loved by Jesus and herself. And that is how Christ wants all of us to live. That is how we create this unity that he desires. We present present. We we present peace in the presence of conflict. We present forgiveness in the presence of hurt. And we love everyone so well to the point where we can turn people to Jesus and expand this family that he has called us into. And unity in Christ is not hard to obtain if we all soften our hearts and embrace others with humility, gentleness, patience, and love, just like Jesus calls us to do. Sorry, I can't see as well as Bella. <laughs> I really hope that you will excuse me. Uh, these are my absolute favorite Sundays that we have. And I know that when we have missionaries here that those are awesome. But I, I absolutely love these Sundays. I love when we get to see students uh, use their gifts and talents for Jesus. I love when we get to see students get to pour out and encourage one another and get to pray with one another 
and do what I believe will be powerful things in the name of Jesus. So if you would, let's continue in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we'll, begin in, we'll begin again in verse 11, where it says, so Christ, so Christ himself gave the apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect mature body of him who is the head that is Christ from the whole body joined and held together for every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work um, at a, when I was um, at a church I, I had somebody come up to me and we were, we were getting ready to make a relatively significant change and so this person and I had a conversation. And one of the things that, that we, we talked about was that this person did not want us to ch make a change because they believed that um, the church needed to be, be about other people, be about evangelism, and I wholeheartedly agreed with them. But as we continued talking and as we continued our conversation, it became very clear that this person did not want to have to go and do this themselves. They wanted to be a part of a church that was known as a church who went and told other people about Jesus. And so within that, it, it struck me how it can be so easy to, to not want to have to do what I am called to do, but to want to offload that to someone else. And in Ephesians 4, um, in, uh, in every letter that was written in the New Testament, the, it was written to a group of people in a specific place with specific needs at a specific time. And Paul does this absolutely beautiful poem in Ephesians 1 where he talks about how we have been saved by the blood of Jesus and how we have been made new in Christ. And then he continues that in Ephesians 2 where he talks about how we were dead in our transgression transgressions and sins but by faith we have been saved through grace and how God has laid out for us things in advance to serve him and then it talks about the beauty of the restoration of Jesus that we have been called as both Jew and Gentile to be made into one church and how the Jewish believers and the Greek believers were no longer there was no longer a dividing wall because Jesus tore down the dividing wall of hostility because he has made us into one people unified in him. And then in Ephesians 3 where Paul talks about his, his charge to go tell people who have never heard, people who have never been exposed to the Greek believers to, that it is his mission to go tell them about the love of Jesus. And then he, 
he has a tonal shift in chapter 4. And he talks about unity. Unity through the Spirit. Unity through Jesus. Unity through our mission. And then he talks about how each of us has been gifted and we use our gifts to build one another up until we become, attain the fullness and the whole measure of Jesus. And Paul is writing to people who are disciples of disciples that Jesus trained. And usually when we think of a disciple, we think of someone who was a student. We think of Jesus as a Jewish rabbi, that he was kind of like a teacher, and then the disciples were kind of like his students. But for, for a rabbi, you were not just teaching a, a, you were not just teaching a group of lessons. As a disciple, you wanted to become what the rabbi was. You wanted to be who the rabbi was. You wanted to do what the rabbi did. You wanted to become everything that the rabbi taught and everything that he was. And so when Paul says, until we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus, we have been called not to try to be as like Jesus as we can. We have been called to do what Jesus did. And I, my message to, to the teenagers has, has gone over this month. And I really appreciate you guys letting me do this because I picked this passage because I really wanted to try to impart this lesson to the teenagers and then to, that hopefully that they would learn it and then learn it even better when they presented the whole thing together. And my message has been been this. Dream big dreams in your service to Jesus. Do great things in the name of Jesus. There are 3.2 billion people who have never heard the name of Jesus. They've never heard the message of Jesus. Let this be the generation that tells the entirety of the world about Jesus. Strengthen and build up one another Disciple one another. Go out and be what Jesus called us to be. There are, currently, there are currently 80 million people who have been displaced from their homes. That number grows roughly 37,000 every day. Jesus has called us to mourn with those who mourn, to... Blessed are the peacemakers to say that for those who have no home, that this is your home. And we love you and we want you to be a part of who, who we are and we will serve you regardless of whether or not you love Jesus. There are roughly 49 million people in this world who work not by their own choice. We call that slavery. Be the generation that goes out and says, God has called us to end this. Jesus said to his disciples that you will do greater things than I have done, and the gates of hell will not overcome the church. 
that we have been called to something so great. But in order to do that, we have to build one another up. We have to be unified. Jesus said that you will know my disciples by how they love one another. We have been called to be people who make disciples. And you may be thinking, Andrew, I can't tell 3.2 billion people about Jesus. They will kill me. They, yeah, they might. But you are not called to tell every single person in the world about Jesus. We are called to be people who encourage and to take what Jesus has taught us and what he is doing in our life and pass it down. You may not be able to, to try to end slavery, but be an absolute prayer warrior for Jesus. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray for the people who are doing it now. Pray that God would raise up warriors who would fight this. Pray that people would answer the call to go. Pray that we would raise up missionaries who would, who would go into the world. Pray that the church in America would fight injustice. You may not be able to do that, but, but what, if you can, what if you can sow? What if God has just gifted your hands? And you can go to Wheeler Mission and you can say, you know what, I know enough people Let's make sure that Wheeler Mission never needs another blanket again. Let's repurpose old blankets and worn out sheets and, and let's, let's use our hands to spread the love of Jesus. You may not be able to do that, but what if you join a growth group and you decide, you know what, I'm going to make sure that if somebody is hurting in this group that I will be there for them. And then you will need somebody to be there for you. Because we have been called to something so great. We have been called to be Jesus around the world. Not a little bit of Jesus. We have been called to build up one another, to pray for one another, to grow in the spirit until we attain the full measure of Jesus. Don't settle for less. Yes. Um, I don't understand enough of Revelation to feel like I can give you a good answer on that. Here, can I just, can I give you a little bit more? Um, my, my answer to that would be that I don't know how the world is going to end, and I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. But I know that until he does, or until I die, that I will do everything, and I, my ability to be what Jesus has called me to be and to live as Jesus has called me to live. And I want people to hold me to that and I want to encourage others and I want them to encourage me. 
so that we are growing. And I don't know when Jesus is going to come back, and I don't know how it's going to go when he does. But I know that until he does, that we are going to be the church that he has called us to be, that we have to be that at Clear Creek, that we have to be that in Bloomington, that we have to be that around the world. And that's, that's, he is not, he is not, Jesus has not told me, hey, like, get ready because I'm coming tomorrow. I wish he would, but we need each other so much. Let's use, God has gifted us in unbelievable ways. We use those for his glory and we sell out until he either calls us home or he comes back. Let's pray. God, I... Sometimes I, I'm not good at following you. Sometimes I feel like we are failing. And then someone will encourage me or someone will, will love on me. And I may not be better, any better at following you, but I want to follow you more. And God, may we be people Who, who love you, may we be people who sell out, hold nothing back. God, change Bloomington. Change the world. That the whole world may know you and that your kingdom may come and that we may prepare the way for your coming. 